It's Thursday, and you know what that means, I guess. I mean, this is the first edition of uh, Day After Dynamite, so you'll soon know what that means. But welcome to Day After Dynamite, right here on Fightful Overbooked. This is the first edition, like I said, of Day After Dynamite, and I am the host of Day After Dynamite. You may know me from City every Saturday at youtube.com slash Fightful along with uh, my my dudes, Righteous Reg and Philip Lindsay. But for now, I'm going to be hosting Day After Dynamite. I'm Will Washington, but I'm not alone here. I am joined by a dear, dear friend of mine. Those of you who have followed me for years know this man. Uh, and this man has definitely been around me for years because I've known him for literally 20 years. He is Mr. Theron Reynolds. Man. It might be 20 years this week now that I think about it. I know, right? <laughs> because I, I don't know when, when, uh, when like intercession ended and we were going back to health class, but it might actually be 20 years this week. I, I think it is, yeah, because I think January we were in intercession, which like is a, a weird thing to explain for people who weren't in uh, so, at Rangeview High School. But yeah, uh, I've known this guy for 20 years. And uh, for anybody wondering, our bond from day one Here we go. was pro wrestling. We ah. literally in high school, in in uh, health class in the ninth grade. Uh, I, I've told the story a million times, but uh, he had a DirecTV calendar of WWF pay per views on his. Uh, I think just like stored in like the plastic part of your your yep, binder. Front of the binder there. <laughs> I did too, and that was like a weird thing that I thought only I did. And wow. literally, we were sat in like the back of the class, and I look over, and he's got one, and. Uh, he looks over, I've got one, and we're like, dude. And we've been friends ever since. It's been 20 years. We've traveled to wrestling shows together. I've got posters of events. He's He's been, he's traveled to more than me at this point. Uh, but Crazy. I will say that, uh, yeah, from WrestleMania's uh, 32, and you've been to a whole lot more WrestleManias than I have, but... Uh, and we went to the Royal Rumble together. We've been to just numerous events together. We're going to Revolution. Um Darren and I have been through thick and thin with pro wrestling, and I couldn't think of anybody better to do this first edition of Day After Dynamite with here than Mr. Theron Reynolds. I appreciate you having me. I mean, I think a lot of people would really believe me, too, if I were to say that clearly from the posters we had in our binders, we were the most popular kids, not only in the <laughs> in the school and we locked down all the like i'm talking we were fighting ladies off left and right like man we damn. were we were the coolest dudes in school no not even close there yeah, this this guy was it was theater uh and which i will say like theater had it's like it, its own little click and y'all seem to oh, like world. yeah you had your own little world <laughs> and then i was mostly like i don't know i i ran with Nobody. I I had two close friends. That was fucking it, and that that was it. I, I don't know. I, I always thought you were the cool crowd, like in the <laughs> best way, not in the asshole way. But I was like, all right, I'm in the theater clique, obviously, and you're like the cool clique. Like if I have to say these are my cool friends, like Will's the cool friend, basically. I had cool friends, but I wasn't one of them. It's <laughs> so. Hey man, there's levels of that. There is. I know, right? Levels of that. Yeah, <laughs> there are levels. Hey, and uh, I we want to hear from all of you guys in the chat. Um, and if you want to to support what we do, also Humper Chats are always supported as well. Um, but we got folks in the chat like uh, Mr. JJ says. Uh, 
Holla, and welcome, Will, to Fightful Overbooked, and welcome those who have come from Fightful Shows, uh, Spotlight uh, with Jeremy and Jensen. Yeah. Yeah. On this show, though, part of the reason that I wanted to do this show is because uh, for a long time, um, I did reviews of AEW Dynamite. And um, since joining Fightful and since starting Grab City, I haven't gotten to do many like full reviews of Dynamite anymore. Now, obviously, Fightful has that covered. They have it covered every Wednesday, and it's done excellently. Those are post shows, though. Um, and what kind of separates this from a, a straight-up post show is that uh, a lot can change the day after Dynamite, right? Ooh, uh, you know, um, there's <laughs> there's injuries. There's... there's uh, News that can hit as far as um, releases and things like that. Guys who got booked for Dynamite and then all of a sudden aren't going to be on the show. And we may want to find out if they've got some apologies or things along those lines. And also ratings. We like seeing how the show itself did. Now, I have not seen the ratings yet. I recognize that they're out at this moment. But um, one, of the, one of the appeals of this show for me is going to be that I get to see what they were live on the show. That'll be later. For now, we're going to talk about what happened on AEW Dynamite. And AEW, AEW Dynamite this week kicked off with a match that was hotly anticipated from the moment it was announced. That's right, folks. John Moxley was to take on Brian Kendrick. Wait. I'm sorry, wait. Uh, I'm being told There's, in my imaginary producer's headset that... There's action. Yeah. Oh, nope. That match didn't what? happen. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, all right. Well, 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 good thing we dodged that bullet now. Yeah, um, so uh, Fightful Select broke the story, of course, uh, earlier in the week that um, that Brian Kendrick was not... Uh, oh, I lost my graphic. Hold on, hold on. Let me get that back. Ready? Bam. Uh, that um, Brian Kendrick no longer uh, signed to WWE. We knew via the PW Insider report that he had asked for his release back in December, but we weren't sure if it had been granted. Uh, but also, just nobody was talking about Brian Kendrick. And then all of a sudden, uh, Full breaks the story that he is uh, officially out of the company. And then uh, about an hour later, it's confirmed that he was going to be wrestling on Dynamite. And immediately, uh, people started pulling up some like immediately immediately, immediately. Yeah. people pulled up some old brian kendrick material from the uh early teens and uh some not good stuff in you there know, i do want to say about that like too i wasn't aware of this until yesterday like i i don't know if it was head in head in a bubble or in the sand whatever you want to say I definitely was not aware of that stuff until yesterday because I was the hugest, like I not hugest. I mean, I uh, only as mainstream stuff, but I've been a big Kendrick fan and I did not know any of that <laughs> until yesterday. I mean, I, I was telling Louis Dangor the other day that um, one of the things about pro wrestlers that uh, is just a hard thing for people to wrap their heads around uh, is that a lot of them have mashed potato brains. And uh, CTE will get you. I mean, and it's one of those things where I I tried my hardest not to try and place anything that I consider part of my values in pro wrestlers, only because I find myself disappointed a lot, and have found you myself disappointed a lot. lot. If you take that, right? And so 
Um, as far as that part was concerned, I'm never necessarily concerned about what wrestlers believe, but what wrestlers do. Now, that said, it wasn't just about what Brian Kendrick believed here. It's that he went on uh, YouTube and said all of these things. And um, I, I've seen a lot of people kind of pulling up the, uh, you know, Tony Khan obviously put a statement out. He said that um, that Brian Kendrick uh you know that these came to light um and in light of all of this uh the match was being pulled and that uh there a suitable replacement would be found and uh there are a lot of people commending that decision um for acting so swiftly uh a number of others kind of came down in the quote tweets and were like well what about this person what about this person what about this person and i think well, I, I think the thing that people are missing about that, and I talked to somebody in AEW about this, uh, and why Brian Kendrick in particular was acted upon in ways that anybody else hasn't been. Um, and the way it was told to me was that Brian Kendrick is a fairly cut and dry issue there's no question right like with a lot of others yeah well right with a lot of other stuff it's it's kind of either rumor or um hearsay and the thing is like as far as AEW as a company is concerned um they don't really want to put themselves in the position to act on hearsay or rumors that it is like you know unless there's there's uh substantial proof of something you know, we kind of have to operate as if it didn't yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I definitely saw a lot of posts coming up about like uh, about Darby and a few other folks yesterday. And yeah, and like, again, it's one of those things where um, that's kind of he said, she said kind of stuff. It's serious stuff, but it's one of those things where, um, you know, that's kind of w- without like a straight documented piece of proof that's not something you can really act upon or at least that's how it was described to me whereas brian kendrick in like um a year and a half ago with sammy guevara on the podcast with the sasha panks comments you know those are things that are on the record right so it's yeah. sammy guevara said that on a podcast sasha banks uh not sasha banks um but brian kendrick said that on youtube multiple times and these are things that are documented that exist you can see them it's not just like hey i heard brian kendrick said this Nope, you can see Brian Kendrick said this. So at that point, it's out there. You have to act. And, and so not only I, that, but Kendrick's not under contract. Like they're bringing him in. So I don't there's... know that that's the case. Actually, uh, oh, okay. Uh, I, I don't know that. I don't. I, I I'm not gonna say that because I don't yeah. know that. Um, I that. And uh, I, I guess I just more so mean that it's easier to like just even if it's an hour before pull somebody who's incoming contract or not than it is to like get rid of somebody who's been there for a few years from like Mm. everything else that's out there. Like you don't lose anything in my opinion from pulling somebody who hasn't been with the company as of yet. Right. So, so so like I said, I, I mean, I, I get why exactly he was pulled and why um, anything else might be in question. Um, And, and yeah, that's, uh, and like I said, it's, uh, it kind of goes hand in hand with what's being said in the chat because some pe- some other names are being brought up. And yeah, the, but again, those are things where, um, which we should. I don't know. Speak, I don't know. But it's, it's, it's worth it's worth mentioning saying that just because we're using words like hearsay and allegations doesn't mean belief is one way or the other, folks. It's just right. again that's I, again I'm just saying how it was described to me. Yeah. 
and uh and that's that's that uh now as far as what ended up taking place in in place of that was instead uh wheeler yuda instead got an opportunity wheeler yuda accompanied to the ring by orange cassidy and danhausen uh and he got to take on john moxley instead and uh wheeler yuda got to yeah wheeler yuda got to give kind of the uh the performance of uh, I won't say his career because I feel like he had a really great match just a couple weeks ago on Dark with uh, Penta. But this you match, could say maybe the the performance of like his main event, like yeah, I, yeah, I would event. say I would say as far as uh, kind of having the stage. The last time he faced John Moxley, it was a squash. John Moxley hit paradigm shift one two three. It was over, um, and uh, that was supposed to be the start of John Moxley's heel turn, which ended up not happening because uh, Moxley, of course, uh, went to rehab and uh now he's back he's a fan favorite uh, he's still a fan favorite he was a fan favorite then even at the time but you can't turn him now so at this point let's go back let's try this again wheeler yuda john moxley and like again uh wheeler yuda got to he got the show out and for something that was put together on what i think was an hour's notice maybe an hour and a half they had really and, good chemistry for that uh, yeah i thought i thought those guys did great um i am a fan uh, now, I'm not a fan necessarily of how little it's been sold, but I will say Moxley's cutter looks damn good. He has been hitting, he's been hitting, um, uh, like, you know, it's not quite like a, a jump into an RKO style. It, yeah, it is yeah. more like a diamond cutter, but it looks good. Uh, it, it actually looks really good. Uh, and I'm surprised that he kind of has been introducing that into his repertoire lately, but I, I like see. it. Like since since he slimmed down coming out of rehab, and I I, I was saying this last night there, but I, I'm really enjoying his match style um, because I think you know I was never the big biggest Mox fan. You were um, not, <laughs> yeah. Like character wise, whatever, but like match wise, like his matches, whether it was WWE, whether it was uh, whether you know it's AEW, like they never did that much for me. And since he's been back and he's not beefed up Mox anymore. Something about that style clicks. And yeah, I, I think he has been clicking. Uh, and j- like you could kind of see it toward uh, like around All Out and all of that. And I think it, I was just ignoring it because like I go back and watch and I'm like, yeah, something was off here. But man, I think he looks great. Uh, it's yes. great seeing him in the ring. Um, and yeah, he you know, he was talking about in interviews. He was saying how um, despite having... Uh, lost, I think he said about 15, 20 pounds. Um, he, he's put on a lot more muscle and he feels stronger. And you can see that in him as oh, well. Uh, but like I said, I felt like this was a great performance for Wheeler Yuta. Uh, I yeah. want to see more for Yuta. And uh, that kind of went into what happened after the match, which we saw Brian Danielson make his way in. And uh, I think Believe everybody... direction from what folks are thinking. I, I know. I think we were all kind of anticipating that Brian Danielson would come in. He would... Uh, declare that he wants to face John Moxley. We get our feud. We go to Revolution. John Moxley versus Brian Danielson because that was supposed to be the match at Full Gear, and we didn't get that. Uh, but and would, would we have been upset had they done that? Had they just rolled into, "Hey, Mox, I'm here to fight you," and had we wouldn't have been upset about that? But I am intrigued. I am incredibly intrigued by uh, what happened in that promo. Yeah. So instead. Brian Danielson, just a reminder, I saw somebody tweet yesterday, and I'm sorry I forgot who said it, uh, but they deserve credit for it. But remember when Brian debuted like 12 years ago on television, and 
the whole thing was, where's this guy's charisma? He's he's the charisma vacuum. Brian Danielson, he's so boring. Or Daniel Bryan, he's so boring, blah, blah, blah. Man, if there's anybody I trust on the mic right now, it is Brian Danielson. Oh, and uh, and it's emotion. like, not it's not even close. The way uh, Brian Danielson hit the the ring and uh he the way he brought it around he talked about in his promo that he wants to face uh or no that he had been watching john moxley from afar he talked yeah. about how he was watching him from where i was before and i saw you you were aew world champion you weren't just aew world champion you were the best aew world champion and he talked about how you might still be AEW world champion if you had somebody on your side because Kenny beat him with the help of, um, well, yeah, he had Don Callis, but then uh, he retained it with the help of the Good Brothers and he had the Young Bucks by his side. And uh, he was saying that, you know, John, if you had had somebody by your side, you might still be champion. So what I'm saying here is, what if we team up? Uh, and he's like, what if we teach these guys? You know, we've got Wheeler, Wheeler Yuta here running around with best friends. Uh, Lee Moriarty. Was Lee Moriarty. Was yeah, he mentioned Lee Moriarty. Uh, he mentioned a lot of guys yes, that, <laughs> yeah, that it, you know, he said that the tag team titles won't be on a guy who's dressed like a dinosaur um, or the TNT title won't be on a guy whose uh, only contribution to this world is a vlog and uh i i liked all of that right because you know that's that stuff that you can kind of sense and you've been able to sense for a while that brian danielson actually believes right um yeah. or at least would believe i i don't think he actually sees any um i think because like a lot of guys really like luchasaurus and a lot of guys really love orange cassidy but at the same time if you're going to be a serious character who who present you yourself that like way yeah you can't stuff. like the yeah you can't present yourself as somebody who likes those acts and so um i i enjoyed that right and Honestly, it seemed like kind of a reasonable offer to John Moxley, right? Like, and I'm, I, I, I'm super happy they didn't go with the attack route after it because knowing Mox's character and everything, I was fully expecting like a paradigm shift or something like that uh -huh. to happen, which would have, like, in my opinion, that would have killed the segment for me had that happened there. And I'm glad that it looks like he's actually considering it. Yes. Because there's a lot of intrigue in in that thoughtfulness that he was having the fact that he, he told him to think about it i don't know why that got the ooh from the crowd when, when when danielson said that too but like that is really intriguing because i feel like there's so many ways they could go with this story and i don't know if you felt the way at all but the one thing that was going through my mind the entire time wasn't even like world title or anything like that it kept making me think of the damn like get some trio belts now because the fact they keep mentioning or that Brian kept mentioning all these other people. It's like that they it. could bring it. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> I know. I, I Mox and Danielson and somebody else take a trios belt. Like that would be mm -hmm. phenomenal, honestly. Yeah, and uh, to to go off of what Alan is saying in the chat, he said, uh, "And Adam Mox is showing the shoot fighter style. Then I think he is clicking on all cylinders now. Uh, his nonverbal body language spoke volumes last night. And yeah, the way uh, I, I somebody compared it to like Jim Halpert in the way that they were kind of like zooming in on Moxley's facial expressions. Uh, and uh, I thought that was pretty good. Also, shout out to Reg because uh, the Yankee Power said to quote Reg Leland, um, which is like the." Uh, <laughs> Lee Moriarty's least favorite nickname, but um, <laughs> as far as we're concerned, he's Leland. Um, so, uh, as far as this this whole segment is concerned, I'm going to kind of consider this segment as a as an entire package. Um, yeah. And that's the thing I'm going to be doing on the show is I'm going to be grading these segments. This segment, 
Nothing to knock against it. This segment gets a solid B. I enjoyed this segment. I would uh, I would go to B on on that one as well too, only because of the fact that while the intrigue was there and Brian's a fantastic talker, um, this is obviously going to take a while to play out. And mm-hmm. you know, having meat on the bone is always good, but it's still so very early. We're not that far away from Revolution. To where uh, it kind of seems like clearly this is not being set for anything that's probably happening at Revolution. Like Revolution, if anything, will bring a match or something that's going to add to whatever's going on with the two of them. But mm-hmm. it's clear we're going way past Revolution with yeah. what's building here for that. So I think a B is fair as well because we're at the very start of, of all of this right now. So I think that's fair. Uh, and then the next segment. <laughs> the next segment. All right. So the next segment opens up with Brandy Rhodes standing in the ring. Uh, to which I'm still wondering why. What was she going to do if she was not interrupted by Dan Lambert? But regardless, Brandy what? Rhodes is in the ring and she's talking. And she calls the crowd Cleveland and they boo. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I meant Chicago. Uh, you know, it's all snowy. It's all the same. Uh, and she is interrupted almost immediately by Dan Lambert. Can I just say, I am probably one of the only people that enjoyed Dan Lambert last year (laughs) with, uh, (laughs) everything going on with the inner circle. I didn't mind the guy, honestly, but that's also when I'm sure maybe Jericho was writing his promos for him and everything now, like. I didn't mind him. He's he's terrible now, but like I I didn't mind him last. I uh I liked Lambert as a character when he was first introduced. Uh, you know, I was at that show, the one the Road Rager in Miami, and when he just kind of came in as like the AEW critic, I didn't necessarily mind him. Uh, and then I got really sick of him in the inner circle stuff, and now I'm just like, what are you fucking doing? What is this? Why is this? Why does this exist? But more than that, uh. I don't know who any of this is for. So I know who it's for. Uh, I know who it's for because I marked at the end of the segment because I was happy about the end of the segment. Okay. So <laughs> well, I know who uh, it's for. So, uh, Brandy uh, and Dan Lambert they exchange barbs, and uh, Dan Lambert talks about how. Uh, you know, I should, by all accounts, be the one getting booed out here. I'm a conservative. I'm a sexist. I'm blah 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 blah. But like Cancel you, yeah. yeah, he's a can't. But he's like, but you are hated way more than me. Uh, and crowd chant, shut the fuck up at at Brandy, and uh, and they go back and forth. She gives kind of like the weakest slap I've ever seen to to Dan Lambert. Like it was barely. Yeah, it was like a tap on his face. Uh, and she mentions to, to Ethan Page. Um, the only uh, reason why you're here is because we were trying to get, Josh, to get Josh Alexander. Alexander. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It I don't was, like it's it. Like, like, and, you know, because they did that. They, they kind of traded jabs like that last time where she said the Scorpio Sky. She's like, you know, good yeah. looking out for me because Scorpio Sky and Brandy Rhodes are cousins. Um, and so... I, I don't just... like it just because of the the position like and I, I know it's an easy one to say but like shots like that even though they're obviously worked I like they always feel so cringy to me because that's like damn it like you haven't done shit with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky recently so like you can't take shots like that unless you're going to do things 
Which, right, and I feel like they are. Like, I feel like we're, we're right on the cusp of it. Like, you know, throughout all of the uh, um, Cody and uh, Sammy Guevara stuff, you know, they yeah. kept cutting to Scorpio Sky in the audience. I feel like Scorpio Sky is getting the shot at Revolution, um, at Sammy Guevara. But for now, you're right. We're not doing anything. Uh, and on top of that, so Paige Van Zant runs in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fucking Paige. Yeah. <laughs> And they uh, they do a uh, a pull apart. I don't understand. Yeah, like the whole ladies. uh, Yeah, the whole ladies locker room comes out the babyface tunnel, and they do a big pull apart, and like that's the end of the segment. Because we're clear. I say clearly. I mean, I said it last night, but um. First of all, I'm a big Paige Van Zandt fan. I think that that they, it was smart to capitalize on it because if there's one thing they could have gotten from the inner uh, inner circle versus you know America's top team uh, uh, feud and everything is that Paige was nuclear. Like any time she got brought up or was out there, she had all the heat in the world. She and did. She's fantastic. Like I think AEW should have signed her months back. I don't know what her wrestling ability is, but I think she's a heat magnet and they're using her the right way. And so I'm happy about this. But here's the thing. They can't screw this up. And they would I like I I don't have the trust that they won't because it's Brandy Rhodes. They can't screw this up. They can't do events because Brandy Rhodes cannot face off against an MMA fighter one on one. I I try to give Tony Khan and AEW all the credit in the world. So please do not fuck this up and make a mixed tag. I'm cool if it's a mixed tag. If we got Cody and Brandy versus Paige and whoever they want to do, whether it's Ethan, Ethan Page or Scorpio Sky, <laughs> Ethan Page and Paige Van Zandt, Ethan Page Van Zandt. I'm with that. All right, it's a team name. Um, but uh, you got to go mixed tag because if you do one on one, I will accept nothing short of Paige Van Zandt like absolutely killing Brandy Rhodes. Honestly, well, anything else? Uh, Mr. JJ says if Shane McMahon can, then anyone can. Uh, you know, I, no, there's, uh, there's, it's a little cold in here. I should probably put on this, uh, sweater that has nothing to do with, uh, Shane McMahon at all. Now that would be (laughs) pretty dumb to put on my, uh, Shane McMahon sweater right now. So, you know, I, I feel like, look, this segment for me gets, all right, I'm gonna be a sexist here for a second, uh, and I'm gonna give this segment a a D plus only because Brandy was looking fine, and so was Paige Van Zant. Otherwise, this segment had no redeemable qualities for me, and I just I couldn't. <laughs> I uh, I'm actually gonna go higher than you. I'm gonna give it a C. I'm just gonna give it a C, and the reason why is because. While the segment was trash, Brandy and Lambert were were not great in that segment there. Um, we cannot go past the fact that it looks like we'll get more Paige, uh, Paige in AEW. And if they can do something right with her, then we don't have to worry about Ronda Rousey. And uh, Grant, I'm not saying Paige <laughs> Van Zandt is anywhere near as big as Ronda Rousey or anything, but... I, I think the all 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 the shine around Ronda is obviously gone. <laughs> There's still a lot of shine on Paige Van Zant, so bringing her back in, she gets to do her own thing. It looks like it. I'm all about that. Terrible way to start it off, but I'm excited to see what could happen. What what goes with it? So we'll see. Whew. Okay. Uh, but then we got a tag match. We saw the return of Pack 
teaming with his Death Triangle partner in Pinta El Cero Miero. And yeah. they took on the team of, and I'm trying to pull up the graphic here. Nice. There we go. We got the team of Malachi Black and Brody King, the House of Black. Which, what are we calling them? Is it Knights of the Black Table or Black Throne? Is it King of the Black Throne? Because, damn it, if uh, if uh, Justin Roberts... And he, said Thorn. Thorn. <laughs> he, he said Thorn. He said Thorn. He said Thorn. And I think he just got it. I think he like just saw the R and the O mixed up and like screwed up. But, but he also uh, said King, though. He absolutely said King with that, though. Yeah. 100%. So. Not um, yeah, so... Pac comes out, starts out blinded. And uh, I wasn't sure where this was going. He's being led to the ring by Alex Abrahantes. And he starts out in the match with the blindfold on and then goes to town on uh, on Malachi Black and then reveals that he can see. We get the moment of revelation there. I was There was a piece of me that was like like almost selling myself on the idea of Him doing uh, pack wrestling blind. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, okay, anybody, I could, I could do <laughs> If anybody could make that work, as we saw in those first, like the first 45 seconds of that match, Pat uh, would be the one to do that now. Like, I could have absolutely, I thought he was going to. I, 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 I thought they, they revealed it last week in the promo that like he could see against. So I was like, okay, cool. Do the entire match blindfolded. I'm about <laughs> that. You're the only guy that can mm-hmm. do it. I'm in right now. Yeah, like I said, I was selling myself. I'm like, okay, all right, I, I, I could see it. We can do this. I'm here. Um, yeah, match was cool. Match was fine. Um, and it was a good showcase for Brody King. And, uh, you know, because they got to, to squash the Varsity Blondes um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, but this was more of a, a showcase of match, them yeah. as performers. Yeah. And Which I love those guys, man. Like, they, they legitimately give me vibes. I don't know if it's the best callback or the best reference to it. But something about them, because I didn't, I didn't get to see them on the on the indies, okay? Because you know me, I'm not a big indie guy or anything yeah. like that. Um, but they're giving me big reminders to like late nine, late '99 acolytes when, and I described it as the acolytes whenever they're facing anybody. You knew that was an L, basically. Like you knew <laughs> if it was the acolytes versus your favorite team, your favorite team was taking an L unless it was okay. the pay per view. And I love that because that meant their matches at the pay-per-view were huge. You know, you Kane and Xbox versus the Acolytes. You get the Hardys versus the Acolytes. Is that and it's like, no Mercy 99, I want to say? Kane and Xbox right. versus Acolytes? Because I remember, right. I, remember uh, I think that show had Farouk doing the dive uh, and getting caught with the X-Factor. Yeah. One, two, three. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I love that about about um, uh, about Malachi Black and, and Brody King is that like, we know eventually they're going to take a loss for sure, but I love the fact that they're doing such a good job building them up right now that I don't mind seeing Dev Triangle reunited for the first time in a while taking an L here because they kind of have to. And the right guy took the L at that as well, too. So well, and, and about this match worked. And I like that, like, Death Triangle really wins as two combinations. It's either the trio wins or... Um, the Lucha Bros win, but really you don't really get to see as much uh, shine for them and tag team action when it's any yeah. other combination. I kind of like that. But also, I do feel like the tag division has needed some really strong heel tag teams, and wow. uh, it is nice to see Brody King and Malachi Black be that. And then you know when they're going to introduce Red Dragon uh, as a tag team as well, I feel like 
uh, we've kind of built back up having some strong heel tag teams in that division, and especially big heel tag teams because like yeah. we do we do have a decent amount of like heel tag teams that are just there, but we haven't had a dominant one. And like even thinking about the Young Bucks, Young Bucks are fantastic. But like when you look at them, it's like okay, if they were to face off against like some big big tag team, right? You know, they're 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 cheaters, like right? You yeah. know, they 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 function differently as heels, whereas um, you know, th- there's the strong heel and there's the the chicken shit heel, and I feel like they're more chicken shit heels, and that's okay to have. Um, but I feel like the division has needed some dominant heels as well, and Absolutely. I think it's going to be nice to have uh, have those two uh, as such. So um, tag match. Solid B. I thought this was great for everybody involved, and it was a great match that had the crowd involved. Um, I liked it. I, uh, I'm i going to go with a B-plus on this one here. Also, it stands to mention that I think Alex might be my favorite manager. He's <laughs> so good. I mean, who He's knew? So who He's knew? So good. <laughs> I mean, so here's the thing. Uh, I always think back, because, like, it, it's so funny to me when uh, talking about Alex Abrahantes because – uh, he's been around the business for so long, right? You know, he was in those segments with The Rock in 2003. Yeah. Uh, and um, and then, of course, he had a brief stint in TNA. Uh, but, like, then he went to QVC, and he, for a long time, was just kind of like a pitch man. And yeah. he's a very good pitch man. So when he came really? to AEW, people still just saw him as a pitch man, and he was good at that. He's, you know, when they uh, revealed the, uh, what was it, the, the AEW title when it was, um, when they were selling those, the replicas oh, yeah. last year, and he did the, the videos talking about, just look at, at the jewels. and look, he's the right look at the, guy for Yeah, it. look at the craftsmanship. And I'm like, yeah, he's a pitch man. This is what he does. But then for him, when they teamed him up with Penta, it was like, oh, this guy's good at this. This guy's good at being he's involved. Right yeah, so I actually do like him as a manager as well. I had fun with that. Yeah. Um, and so then we got into... Uh, the women's match. Uh, we saw Ruby Soho in a rematch with Nyla Rose. This was a rematch from the TNT Championship Tournament. Uh, they faced each other back, uh, I want to say, at the holiday show? Um, back right. in, I want to say it was Greensboro. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but back at that match, um, Ruby Soho got the victory. And this was the rematch and by the way as this match was getting started i don't know if anybody noticed but there was a little advertisement at the top of the match for an album coming out called who we are a celebration of excellence volume one available at shopaw.com say there's a whole lot of people who are involved in the production of that album who's including on that will who's involved uh well there's righteous reg he's gonna be on it um and you've got my dude graham from public enemies he's on it and montese is there rich lotta did some production i love rich lotta um and uh you also have mega ran on the album um Man. you've got it's i mean wrestling flow they, you've got so many great guys john connor hey wait oh, a minute I, oh that's right dr will aren't you featured on this I am. I did two songs on the album. Uh, And if you haven't seen the track listing, so Bootsy Collins, first off, does the intro on this album. I, when I was told about this way back when, I, it blew my mind. I'm like, I am on a fucking album with Bootsy goddamn Collins. That doesn't even make sense. If you, if you had told me 10 years ago, 
that hey at some point you're gonna be on a wrestling album and the album has an intro done by bootsy collins i've heard the intro by the way babe um but i <laughs> uh if you had told me i was gonna be on an album with bootsy collins i would have been like first off why am i making wrestling music <laughs> into <laughs> uh um why is Bootsy Collins on a wrestling album? Like both of those things wouldn't have made sense to me ten years ago, but all of a sudden we're here. I did Red Velvet song. It's called "In the Mix," uh, and hence why I posted the the clip from uh, uh, Class Act of uh, <laughs> Yeah, in the mix. Uh, but yeah, we got. I, I did a song called "In the Mix." And I did a song called "Powerhouse 4. Get this. Powerhouse Hobbs. Nah, um, that's not a bad <laughs> title for it. That doesn't really make sense. I know, right? No, I, I, I'm really pr- proud of both songs. Um, yeah. And that, I let you hear it in the mix, right? Oh yeah, dude. That yeah, was okay, fire. I did. Yeah, that yeah, was I, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of it, and I hope you guys will check it out. Uh, and that will be available February 18th. The first 300 copies ordered get a poster. Um, so that's really cool. But yeah, they advertised that at the top of the match. And then Nyla Rose and Ruby Soho had their rematch. I want to talk about something going around right now. Oh, uh, God, I know what it is, too. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so the ending of the match had what was seen on Twitter as a botch. I do at the time when I saw, and I didn't even, because I, I didn't really get on Twitter much last night. Uh, so I saw the match. I saw what happened. I caught what happened. Made sense to me. Moved on. And then all of a sudden, I see this clip getting shared. And it's this clip right here uh, where you can see um, Ruby goes for uh, her finish, the same finish she beat Nyla Rose with. Nyla Rose holds on to the top rope. Like, that's the thing that's getting me about this clip yeah. is that is that you can clearly see it. That, well, so people were like, well, what was supposed to happen there? She didn't connect. And I thought, well, here's what gets me. And I'm going to play this one more time. Nyla clearly wraps right there, her right, right arm there. around, her right, her right arm, she wrapped around the top. To me, I got that, like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, okay, Nyla Rose was avoiding it because that's what she lost to in the last match. And then on top of that, Ruby sells immediately. <laughs> the fact that uh, there didn't seem to be any type of miscommunication. Ruby hits the ground and immediately starts selling. And that, to me, said, uh, okay, that's what was supposed to happen. If it was a bot, she would have gotten up immediately. <laughs> yeah, or like, yeah, or tried again or done something along those lines. But the fact that she sold and then Nyla just goes straight up to the top rope for that senton, which was crazy, and then immediately hits her with the beast bomb. Um, pro- that senton f- was fantastic, by the way. Uh, all yeah. props to Nyla. That senton was beautiful looking that was good that was mm-hmm. really good uh and i have to give props to uh to phil Lindsay who pointed out that this is kind of a nyla rose staple that nyla rose wins her rematches right you know nyla rose faced uh um in the first dynamite she faced riho and lost and then uh in the rematch for the aw women's the belt, title right yeah yeah for the belt in austin texas nyla won and uh she won but right she won but but she won with the spear after um riho had attempted the her knee finish i forget what it's called but attempted the same way she won nyla rose reversed it one to three beats her uh and then in the uh with sheeta she did lose the second rematch she's faced sheeta three times she lost to sheeta the first time and then in the rematch lost again 
Um, though that rematch wasn't supposed to happen, that match at Full Gear 2020 was supposed to be Abaddon, and then uh, Abaddon got injured right before, so like last minute, they were like, okay, Nyla Rose. But when they finally did the third one, Nyla Rose won uh, and beat her in the TBS tournament. Uh, and uh, they did the match against... Uh, so here in this case, it was Nyla Rose uh, who had lost to... Uh, Ruby, Ruby Soho, the, uh, yeah, in the TBS tournament. Yep, and then, but she lost with the that finish, and mm-hmm. off the top. And this time, she grabbed onto the rope and then beat her with the senton and the the beast bomb. And what Phil was pointing out was that that's part of who Nyla Rose is that she she learns from the mistake and then capitalizes on it, and that's how she wins her rematches. And I thought that that's really good. Uh, it's, it's fantastic yeah. character work because how many how many wrestlers out there like because seeing the same match again is like I think that's a lost novelty sometimes on folks like because especially in the other company we see rematches all the time but I love the fact that Nyla has made her rematches meaningful like that because she learns and right. <laughs> it's hard to catch her the same way twice and a lot of people don't do that because a lot of people take the same finisher and that's it same same thing happens basically so yeah and I, I liked keeping Nyla strong here um in that she uh i don't know it feels like every time they do that they're preparing her for something um i could see her being prepared as an opponent for anybody arriving right because like there's there's mia yim out there there's athena out there there's uh those are two big names that i could see being brought in if you wanted to kind of give them a big splash opponent to me i would go with nyla rose uh and so making nyla rose strong to start with i think is a good idea uh, and Ruby doesn't come off like any any weaker for it, honestly, because I, I don't feel that like ending this feud that had to be the end of the feud, in my opinion. But I don't feel that ending it like devalues her at all. Like she's going to move on to another high profile feud, I would imagine. And mm-hmm. she'll be perfectly fine walking away from this. She already got her win out of it now. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I actually I like this. And um, I, I also think that Ruby's uh, forte is bigger opponents. Um, I think Ruby's best match so far has been Chris Statlander. Um, but then also, I don't know. I feel like this is what Ruby does best is that when she's working with somebody more her size, I don't get it as much as when I see Ruby working with somebody bigger that she has to work up against. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I like this actually. This is, this was a good B minus for me. Um, I enjoyed the segment and it was some good Probably one wrestling. of the only times I wasn't I wasn't high on Vicky Guerrero being involved. Honestly, like I didn't think that like her involvement in this match really added added anything. anything to it. Yeah, didn't add yeah. anything. And um, usually, I'm, like, I'm still not I'm still trying to figure out this duo. It's been a year and a half. It's almost two years. Um, nothing's really come out of it. Honestly, well, part of it to me is that Nyla's so good as a personality. You know, um, I forgot Billy, my son. Uh, for those who don't know, reminded me of a line from the build up to the first Nyla Rose and uh and Ruby Soho match when she's like uh your destination's on no no I know where your destination is the goddamn trash and like that line stuck with my son so well that uh he reminded me of it yesterday and I was like I forgot all about that um yeah. Will, you got yourself walking around saying, God damn, your destination is the trash. No, he, cens- he censored himself, but he was, but just reminded me of the goddamn trash was hey, so I, good. 
I don't have kids. Well, I don't judge your parenting if you even walk around saying that. That's fine with me. I just wonder. You know, that's it. But no, it's amazing. And I love that it got pointed out here in the chat as well, too, because Nyla's Twitter is absolutely fantastic. Oh my God. Her tweet it's about so conspiracies good. today was so great. If you're not following Nyla Rose, you have to absolutely follow Nyla Rose. You know who else you should. You'll get canceled on my day off. <laughs> Uh, she's fantastic she is yeah. absolutely fantastic man. i i yeah I, oh. I have fun uh two more segments to talk about uh we what had the like it, though what would you grade yeah I said, so, so i said b minus uh was what b-. i said on that yeah right. yeah I, I go with a b b b mm-hmm. b minus on that match itself mm-hmm. was good and that's all we needed so i go with a b yeah uh and uh so we then had and sorry i'm actually getting a message um and we're gonna respond to that they then had a promo for Hangman Adam Page. Um, I actually enjoyed the the Chiron uh, noting that Hangman's flight has been canceled. <laughs> and he even then says in his promo, he's like, I don't know, my flight might be canceled. And the fact that the Chiron said he's not aware that his flight has been canceled was, was synergy. excellent. The synergy yeah, was amazing. It was great stuff. Um, and, you know, he talked about his frustration, though. He came out noting, uh, oh, and hey, hold on. Got a super chat. Monica, thank you for the super chat. Um, always thank you. Hey, if you got super chats, bring them our way. Always yeah. help support what we do. Also, we've got Humper Chats, HumperChats.com. Um, those always, uh, YouTube doesn't get, it doesn't, uh, so we get less of a cut of the super chats, but the super chats you can bring up on screen. So we support any way you want to support this channel, especially Fightful Overbook. Um, and us doing what we do on Fightful Overbook, um, always appreciate it. So, uh thank you for the super chat monica uh we then yeah so hangman talked about how he's been champion i think he said 83 days uh and he noted that he he wants more he wants more matches he wants he just wants more and uh he's had the two title defenses and he's ready for his next chat he's ready for his next challenger and uh and it's come in the form of Lance Archer, which is it's 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 interesting. I like Lance Archer. I I've, I enjoy like his matches, especially big high profile matches like these that he has. Um, I think the downfall here is that I have no reason to believe that Paige is in any kind of jeopardy or of anything. And like these days, I guess I like when I see new feuds pop up, especially in AEW for like the title belt. I, I really do want to be able to suspend my my belief and think that the challenger has a chance in it. And I, I don't. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I know. I don't I believe that at all. Now, yeah. I, I feel like there's a couple of ways they can sell this on the fact that the last time that AEW booked the Texas death match, it was John Moxley versus Lance Archer. Uh, and that was at uh, Fighter Fest in 20... Um, September? Yeah, yeah, no, that was back in July. But, oh, uh, <laughs> but it was for the IWGP United States Championship. And... Uh, Moxley, everybody was expecting him to retain just because it's like, yeah, hey, it's John Moxley. He's not going to lose. And then he lost to Lance Archer and in a Texas death match. And, uh, hey, Van Twinblade with the super chat. Tootie Lynn versus Trisha Dora at Glory Pro Sunday. Support. Tootie Lynn is fantastic, by the way. She's, oh, she's... Trisha Dora. Uh, yeah. Trisha Dora is amazing as well. She yeah. topped the list. Uh, but 
so either way, I, I can get that sell. But yeah, because uh, we had a promo earlier in the show from Adam Cole where he talked about how he's going to make his intentions known and he's going to start with Evil Uno, which that should have been kind of a little bit of a hint considering Evil Uno, the leader of the Dark Order, the Dark Order tied to Hangman Adam Page. He's going for the title. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, so uh, it's kind of clear that Adam Cole is the next challenger for the AEW world title at Revolution, but we have to get to... We have to get through Lance Archer first. So that's kind of where Lance Archer's in a little bit of a bad position where we kind of already know who the challenger for the pay-per-view is. And this match is next week, so we're just going to burn through this next week. And, I mean, it should be a great match, honestly. Like, I'm not I'm not worried about the match, the, the match quality itself. It should be a lot of fun. I imagine it's going to get bloody and everything as well, too. Um, and it, it just, it does stink. It stinks to be in Archer's position because he really does need something to, like, keep him at that top level and unfortunately like while lost like the hangman page shouldn't be that bad i i think it's just gonna keep him mid-carding for now i so i will say the if i remember correctly the aew rules of a texas death match are basically last man standing um if i remember yeah it was it was you go down for the 10 count uh it's basically a last man standing match um so at the very least archer doesn't necessarily have to be pinned he has to kind of be beaten into oblivion they can do kind of one of those spots where you like pile something on top of him uh to where he like can't get out um there are ways to protect in a last man standing kind of scenario but yeah last time fantasy booking here okay quickly will uh the end of the match will clearly be that uh adam page gets uh archer down near like the rampway the entranceway you know that place where they can drive down and everything Uh there'll be there'll be a way they can drive and there will be a truck that's filled with manure, or as as we know, cowboy cowboy shit. shit. And oh my god! The no. End of this match will be uh, Hangman Page dropping Lance Archer right behind the truck, who will then dump the cowboy shit. Cowboy shit him. goes up and comes down to bury Lance Archer, and Hangman Page stands atop of the ki- of the cowboy shit as the chant goes, cowboy shit, as he raises the title. There it is. Thank you. Your main event of Dynamite next week, folks. Cowboy shit, indeed. That's that's your end right there. This is why the show is dad right here. (laughs) (laughs) This is why. Come on, you can't say cowboy shit and not drop it. That's something that WWE would do, folks. If we say cowboy shit, we have to drop. The cowboy shit, all right? Not a, not a cowboy shit bath, though. This is not WWE. We're not dropping it from the rafters. Like, it's got to be in a truck. That's yes. production value, folks. Be real. Yeah. All right? Uh, Mad King says, Dan Lambert is going to eat a buckshot lariat, and I will pop. Uh, so that was the thing I wanted to talk about and what brought the segment down for me. Dan Lambert. Um, and that we already saw him earlier. Uh, he made a joke here about... Uh, the fact that Washington no longer has their Redskins and Cleveland got rid of uh, their Indians and uh, but uh, the Blackhawks still exist here in in Chicago. Uh, this sucked. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm like, why? I could understand bringing in Dan Lambert for this if Jake Roberts wasn't available, but Jake Roberts is still here. And not and not even that, but he did a physical spot in this segment yeah. too. So why the fuck did we need Lambert here? I don't understand this Ugh. at all. This pairing makes no sense to me. Uh, I I hate it, and 
that brought the segment down to kind of a C minus, really just because it wasn't necessary. And I felt like Jake could have said what he needed to say. Archer could. And the thing is, if Jake only got a couple sentences in, and Archer's just like, nah, fuck this. And like shoves Jake, and they just get into the brawl. I didn't understand this at all. This, this wasn't clicking. Uh, I am done with Archer after next week, right? That's got to be the case that like they're that pairing's done after he loses next week. I I hope so. God, this, this, yeah, this duo does not work at all. Um, and like Alan in the chat says, uh, Jake has breathing issues and has a hard time talking, but like he talked here. So I, I don't know. Was it for me? Uh, but we, then we don't we, even need long segments and stuff. Like let let Jake pre-record the promos like they were doing back in the day and everything with Archer. Like we don't need live segments. We know what Lance Archer is about. We know he's the monster going to come and destroy folks. So these in-ring promos are just hurting his stock with Lance. Yeah. Like they're really, really hurting his stock. And that's why I said Mitt Carter after the feud. Because yeah. Dan Lambert has not done anything good for uh, for Lance Archer in the least bit now. Honestly. Nope. And then... I was like, are they going to add another match? Because everything that's been announced has happened. And then all of a sudden, MJF's music hits. And I thought, got to be some shenanigans or something that stalls this, right? Because we're only like 15 minutes past the top of the hour. There's no way this match is starting now. And oh, I get that. By, by the way, D to that segment with uh, Hangman Page yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Archer, by the way. That's a D. And then out comes CM Punk in Chicago. Uh, I love that they keep finding... I want to know who that is. And reach out if you've... Uh, please, just to identify yourself. But that guy in the front row that they found when CM Punk first came out in Chicago back at the first dance, and he does the screaming, oh my god, oh my god, his hands are out. And then when they were in Chicago uh, later in September, they found him again, front row, and he's doing the same thing. And then when they went in November, front row, that guy was there. And sure enough, front row... Uh, at this show in Chicago, this guy was there. Who is this guy? I want to know who that the screaming CM Punk fan is that they keep finding uh, in the front row. <laughs> he probably walks, uh, walks his dog or something like that. <laughs> you know, that's it. Like free tickets every time. Yeah. Look, walk, Larry. We're good. Yeah. Free, but like screaming CM Punk guy. He's been at every show and he's having the same exact facial expression. And like the first time. I genuinely believe he was shocked, like, oh, my God, CM Punk is here. And now he just does the screaming face of, oh, my God, CM Punk is here for announced matches, which is just kind of funny. Uh, but either way, uh, CM Punk and MJF, they went 39 minutes here. And it was wow. the best use of, of, like, CM Punk in a match since he's been back. And I don't mean that negatively in the least bit, but... That was that was exactly what I what I've been wanting to see, and I not even match quality wise, just everything story the the story that was told that entire match was so 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 good, man, so good. Yeah, uh, and, and, and so like CM Punk, because um, I, I will say I, I loved the Eddie Kingston match, but this here just got so much right. Uh, and you know to start it off with with punk basically toying with mjf right um and you know he, he takes him through the crowd he's having fun with him just kind of beating him up he did the rope spot he was just having fun with mjf and uh <clears throat> to the point of where 
you know, MJF kind of has to, to cheat to get a little bit of an advantage. And, uh, but for the most part, it was the start of CM Punk just finally wanting to get his hands on MJF. He's, he's wanted this forever. He finally got it. And, uh, and he did it. And like I say, he was toying with him a little bit, but then MJF got to take advantage. MJF had the upper hand. Uh, and then they had a good back and forth that mostly had the crowd invested. Um, and, and one thing I, I want to point out about the early part of that match, too, that I love is that the ref didn't do the 10 count when they went to the crowd and everything as well. And I'm loving I'm loving that effect more and more in these bigger matches, because in my opinion, it's very clear that like the refs, whoever, whoever it is, because never the same ref doing it. But right. cause I think it was Aubrey Eb- uh, Edwards in the last that uh, like Mox match didn't count the 10 count for like his mm-hmm. return match or right. something. And then in this the- one, yeah, it was Bryce. Bryce yeah, and I love the fact right. that it, it's very clear that obviously the refs are thinking like, well, I'm not going to waste this 10 count. Obviously, this is the main event, and or it's this particular person wrestling a match. Like, we're not going to end this in this kind of controversy at all. Let them fight. I just, I love that little effect about some of the matches in the last couple of months in AEW. Refs, refs discretion, refs. baby. Is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 It's a good effect, though. It's yeah. a good effect because, like, honestly, then you don't get mad, like when they, like when they do or don't use it, like because if we see it in a like mid card match, whatever, there's no effect on that. But in a main event, no. We've been waiting to see MJF or CM Punk for a while. Of course, you're not going to count anybody out in that match. Now, love it, love the effect. Yeah, uh, and of course, um, the first part of this match uh, went till uh, CM Punk or till MJF used. Uh, the tape to choke out CM Punk, but masked it, and uh, he got CM Punk to to pass out. And I remember when that happened, I thought, "Whoa, what else has this show got?" Because we still got like what, twenty minutes it? left. Yeah, it was, I was, I was like twenty minutes left, right? But yeah, uh, I recognized what this was for because, of course, then CM uh, the MJF gets his arm raised and. It falls out of his uh, arm, and Bryce restarts the match. And man, I said that that the crowd was mildly invested. They were decently invested in that first part, but man, that spot woke that crowd up. It was like they went from maybe seventy percent to ninety nine point nine 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 percent into this match, and it was like all of a sudden we got a renewed match. From there uh now and normally well, when you do that kind of spot you do that with like minutes left this yeah. was like no we've got a whole other act here <laughs> of Not this match that, it shocks me the crowd got back into it because it wasn't for a belt and usually mm-hmm. you use that ending in a match for some kind of like for the belt basically yeah or, or anything that's stipulated right because they did that with uh, mjf and chris jericho when we were at yeah. all out right but that was jericho's career on the line here mm-hmm. it was just like and, a regular match. right this was a regular match but CM Punk's undefeated, and one thing that AEW has done to the point of where they haven't killed it yet is having guys win in their hometown. They had been the they were kind of doing the the home court advantage thing where people win when they wrestle in their hometown. I think really oh, like yeah. Layla Hirsch was like one of the only ones I remember like just losing. But other than that, like in, in major matches, when you have a main event performer in their hometown, they've been winning. But in this case, that this was now the time to kind of toy with that. And the second act goes through, uh, or I guess this would have been the third act. Uh, we saw the return 
of the Pepsi friggin' plunge. My God, we have to stop for a second, Will, because we know there are a contingent of CM Punk fans out there that never actually got to see him perform that match anywhere that wasn't like nationally televised. Like, I, I nobody got a chance to see. It. I know, right? They was always like, it, it was for a lot of people. It was this this mythical thing that he did that. You only saw him like pictures and stuff, right? But yep. uh, unless you had seen any of his Ring of Honor run or IWA Mid-South or any of that stuff, you really never had never seen CM Punk do the Pepsi Plunge. It was the, the it was kind of like back in the, the day. Grail. Well, yeah, it was, it was a Holy Grail move, right? Because uh, I remember back on message boards for a long time, the Holy Grail was seeing Brock Lesnar do a shooting star press. It was yeah. like... Uh, <laughs> It was just the thing that was talked about on message boards of like, man, Brock Lesnar, he's a big dude. He's 300 pounds, but he does a mean shooting star press. And, yeah. and then, and then uh, so, so it was like when he hit it. At, so when he like went to the top rope at WrestleMania 19, it was like, oh, my God, this is that thing we heard about. Oh, my God, he's going to do it. And then he lands on his head and like never did it again. Um, <laughs> right. Whereas... Which, goddammit, if he does it at this mania, that might get me back into WWE. Oh, my God. That would it's time, folks. Let Brock hit the shooting star press on Roman at Mania, and Vince, you got me back, baby. That's all I I'm would saying. love to see that, actually. And not, like, like as this Brock. as like I know, right? I know. As, a, as in the Suplex City Brock just gets up to the top rope and does shooting star press. Oh, I love it. Uh, but, yeah, so I, this was kind of the same thing, except... He never did it, never. right? He did. He did. Uh, he never held the move out in WWE, um, and so it wasn't a thing we thought we'd see. And then he hit the Pepsi plunge, uh, and not only did he hit the Pepsi plunge, but I thought MJF took it like a champ. Really and uh, this match was kind of a masterclass in CM Punk selling. Um, one of the things that we kind of forgot CM Punk was so good at. CM Punk was a is 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 a master seller, and uh it doesn't even the, matter what he's selling whether it's frustration whether it's like like anger it's happiness desperation like he just when he's working he's working man yes yeah Un absolute absolute master seller cm punk and, and i thought in this case because i saw some people mad that they were like why didn't the pepsi plunge he, like why didn't he beat him with that and it's like well as you saw well not just that but mjf had been working over the knee when CM Punk landed on his knees from the Pepsi Plunge, yes, it took out MJF, but it also took out CM Punk's knee to where he couldn't make the cover. That, to me, made perfect sense. I thought that was uh, that that's just kind of picture-perfect selling and storytelling. And uh, the ending of the match comes about via Wardlow. Wardlow makes his way down, and we're still not sure where Wardlow's allegiance lies. But he, uh, with uh, MJF on the outside, he makes his way face-to-face -face with CM Punk and then steps, steps aside and uh, allows CM Punk to get him. And the crowd popped for that. Um, but in the process of doing so, he also tossed the dynamite diamond ring to MJF, allowing him to get the shot in on Punk and... Uh, he beat him one two three in chicago cm punk lost Whoa. and uh it's i don't know it's 
It's interesting only because I don't think anybody would disagree that the right person won the match. CM Punk wasn't going to stay undefeated forever. And MJF's absolutely the person who needed to beat him, too. Because, like, we weren't going to get to world title CM Punk undefeated. That never was going to happen there. But I, there, there's so many problems with Wardlow coming out there. Like, whether it's – and you could take your pick. Whether it's you think that the turn should have happened last week or, uh, like, the weeks before that so he's not even involved in the match because you can still do the dynamite ring finish without Wardlow being involved in that. Well, I think they still are trying to tell the story, of course, that Wardlow, uh, because they kept bringing it up, right, that um, Wardlow was in the face of the Revolution ladder match and yeah. that um, CM Punk, or MJF is telling him that you're going to win that face of the Revolution ladder match, you're going to get your shot at the TNT title, and then you're going to win it and give me the belt. So they still have to play that out, and I think that's where it ultimately has to end and so there's still a lot more time to get to the MJF Wardlow ending. Oh, yeah. And I think it has to happen with that story of MJF trying to get Wardlow to win the belt for him. And either but Wardlow... I, I, the, the problem I have is, like, I guess it's not even that I need to see... Like, I, I'm not saying I needed to see Wardlow turn on MJF last night or that I needed him to be involved regardless of what he was doing in the fall in the least bit. That's not necessarily, I guess, what I'm saying, that they need to rush that turn. It's just the way they did it. Like, I think I actually might have been happier with just a straight-up Wardlow interference, honestly, like straight up, like beating down Punk and helping MJF get the win versus what happened. Because just something about it, uh, it, it didn't turn me off in the match. The match was still fantastic. It's just something about it didn't gel with the rest of it, honestly. Like, I, I don't See, know. I, I don't know. I, it didn't feel like it mixed the right way. Like, like that ending was from, like, a different week. Like, if they did this match again, if they ran it back, I could see that ending happening on another rematch. But it didn't feel mm -hmm. right the way that ending went for their first match for some reason. I can see that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I see. I liked it, I guess, because um, I think no matter what, Punk was going to get the win. I almost like the fact that, uh, we were kind of swerved in a sense because usually when you do that kind of uh, bait and switch finish where you know MJF got the victory with the choke, but then they restarted the match, you usually go the opposite result. And instead, MJF still gets the claim. No matter what, he has no victory taken from him. He even tweeted, I won twice. Uh, he was like, give me two wins over CM Punk. <laughs> 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 uh, but I, I, I liked... Uh, see, I guess I still like the fact that, like, you know, Wardlow still kind of shook his head of, like, I didn't, I don't like doing this kind of stuff, but I have to because I'm under contract to this guy. Um, and, again, I just, I, I like that the crowd still got to have their, uh, their Jimmy's wrestled a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I was fine with this. I was fine with the way it ended. I don't think this is the end. I think they're going to go to Revolution with maybe some kind of stipulation. Maybe do it oh, in a cage. Maybe do it in something else. I, I think it is going to Revolution. Uh, but, yeah. In a way, AEW has very quickly extinguished a lot of the undefeated streaks. Like, in 2022, because I think Cole is going on to the world title match. I think that's become very clear. Uh, but... I don't think he's winning at Revolution. Yeah. I think Paige is going to retain. And if that is the case with Cole, then his undefeated streak is done. And then at that point... Who's left? You've kind of extinguished all of them, right? Because Kenny was undefeated for the longest time. He lost. Uh, everybody's kind of taking a pin. And what that allows is that with a lot of these new guys coming in, you can kind of start new streaks. 
so I I don't know. And then MJF, he was undefeated for the longest time. But he lost to Sean Dean. So uh, he has that loss on his record too. Uh shout out Sean Dean, by the way. Uh I no, I honestly I, I like I, I like Sean I like yeah. Sean Spears. I, I hate him. Yeah, Sean Dean he lost to. Oh, Sean Dean. Spears. Sean Dean, yeah. Sean Dean, yeah. Um but anyway, I I like this. Uh, I thought this was a great showcase of who CM Punk is. Um, I thought this was a great showcase of... uh, It was a great reminder that Punk is still the best. And I don't mean that in just like a does-the-best-moves kind of guy, kind of way. I don't mean that in kind of a Kenny Omega, best-bout machine kind of way. But CM Punk does so many things right as a storyteller. Everything put together, basically. He's a storyteller. He sells so well. His offense isn't the cleanest, but I think that's actually what's endearing about CM Punk is that if you see somebody in a real fight, their offense isn't the cleanest, right? You know, it, you, you kind of are just, do, yeah, you're just kind of doing what you're doing. And he is very scrappy. That is a good word for that. Um, and this was just the reminder of who CM Punk is. MJF, on the other hand, I've said before, and I may have stolen this point from Anthony Scats, but uh that C- that MJF is one of the best wrestlers AEW has and i think they keep him wrestling so little because if he wrestled a lot people would cheer him and yep. i think that uh if you keep his wrestling to a minimum uh it's effective when he does it and then he can then just get on the mic and troll the shit out of people uh and so couple more super chats and then i want to grade this one mac mac from brooklyn says seen this on twitter but mjf was put over more in this match than any of the young talent in either rumble on saturday excuse me Uh excuse me sir my jacket (laughs) says otherwise now uh uh, shane mcmahon an up-and-coming youngster had a very very good shine in the royal rumble sir so uh knows what you know sir shane he's relative all day come on relatively young uh and then Nikolai Kreese says, hey, guys, loving the show. Will, you mentioned new guys coming in. Who do you foresee some of those being? MJF versus Punk was great, and the show was solid. I'll um, take that one, Will. Um, I foresee youngster and new strapping talent, both to the writing team and to the main event scene of AEW, Mr. Shane, Shane O'Mac, the man, <laughs> will be brought in to take care of MJF. Because if we're thinking about monsters uh, in this industry, titans of this industry, of who could share that screen time with MJF and hold up. And when you think about who could throw a punch, I mean, you gotta believe it. MJF is a guy that has a face that just needs to be punched. So when you're thinking about who's gonna throw that punch there, y'all can't lie and tell me you don't wanna see the Mac Daddy throw them hands on MJF now. It's the only way to go. Shane McMahon uh, gonna fight MJF this year. Called it, uh, I pay me my money when it happens now. Pay me my money. There we go. So on the really real, uh, I think that um, I could see Keith Lee there very soon, uh, probably as soon as like next week. Um, I think on the women's side, as I mentioned, I think Mia Yim and Athena are probably going to make their way there. Uh, I uh, I say this with hope in mind. I'm not saying this with any information, but with hope, uh, I do think that Swerve. Uh, I hope to see Swerve in AEW. Um, and 
Yeah. Uh, that's a like I, I'm intrigued by that, Will. The fact that you bring up Swerve versus Shane McMahon, that's a pairing. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I hadn't thought about before. <laughs> and I think if you were to ask Swerve, who is your cousin, by the way? Um, I think that if he's listing his dream matches, there's gotta there's there's nobody bigger. There's nobody bigger right there. Swerve versus Shane McMahon. That might be bigger than MJF versus Shane, honestly, but I'm not sure yet. That could be something to do with all out. Or, you know, we gotta see where we're going with it, honestly. But good programs coming for Swerve and Shane for sure, I think. You're definitely right about that one. Boy. Van Twin Blade says Theron is a bigger heel than MJF. See, this is the point to where you play the uh, the evil witch from Snow uh, Snow White, like that gif of her. Oh, yeah. The the... That's, yes. that's me right there, y'all. That's me. So, uh, yeah. Uh, they said in the chat, so we're banning Theron from the show. <laughs> I'm here to talk nothing but Shane McMahon discourse, folks. That's it now. Shane versus everybody, baby. Shane versus Shane versus MJF. Shane versus Lance Archer. Shane versus Swerve. Shane versus Jade Cargill. Give us all the fucking matches, y'all. That's God tier right there. Right? End of all. All we need. Uh, so, I guess uh, we grade this one. So, I want to let people know that the grades on this show, and coming soon, probably as soon as next week, there'll actually be graphics for these. Uh, but we are grading on a scale of A, or sorry, from F to A with an S tier. Can I demand something that you do, Will? Can you make sure the last rating of the night that you do every week on the show, that it has the time of the show itself and then the amount and of like Sonic. Yep. Like, exactly. like it's Sonic. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, right? Yeah, <laughs> for the rings at that point there. So I need like a time counter there with like the S ranking and then number of jabs there. And throughout the show, you know, if you hit somebody with a jab, they lose all their jab counts, you know? Yes. Either way, uh, this one to me is an S tier. This was an S tier segment. I thought that uh, this did everything it needed to do. I thought Punk being undefeated up to this point um, was amazing for uh, the, for making MJF the guy. And I loved every bit of that. Uh, a, another thing was somebody pointed out that Brian Danielson and CM Punk came in around the same time. And Brian Danielson and CM Punk coming in and beating, uh, or coming in, kind of going on a tear, beating enough guys to where it mattered who they are, but they ultimately lost to AEW pillar level talent. They lost, you know, Brian Danielson's first loss was ultimately to Hangman Adam Page. CM Punk's loss was ultimately to MJF, and uh, that's. That's great shit because ultimately that puts those guys over so hard uh, to the point of where, yeah, because uh, I think Double or Nothing's main event will probably be MJF versus uh, versus Adam Page. And the fact that, yeah, I, I think that's great. And I love this. I loved everything about this. Uh, and I'm ready for the rematch. It's interesting uh, I think, to think as well, too, like when you say that, because that, that's 100% where I've been is that we're, we're leading towards MJF finally getting that that title belt like it's 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 coming mm -hmm. basically and it's weird because uh, god do i love the chase for him like they always say there's money in the chase versus money as the champ but like man mjf's one of those dudes that i really wouldn't mind if it got pushed out even more if he didn't get the belt at double or nothing but i also think that that's probably exactly where he's going to end up taking the belt honestly so well i'm curious how this show did 
and so ratings are out. Ooh, by the way, for you hit your rating, I give it an A+. I cannot give it an S just because, again, the Wardlow finish, uh, while it was not terrible by any means, I just didn't like it. Something about it didn't gel with me there, and that's the only blemish on that match. Love Wardlow, love MJF, love CM Punk, but something about that finish just didn't gel the right way, so I'm going to give it an A+, for sure. Well, this show actually pulled 954000 So... It's the first time in a few weeks under a million. Um, I'd be curious when the quarters come out. Uh, the show ranked number two. Uh, was it? No, sorry. Number three um, on cable, among cable originals. It was beaten by the NBA and South Park, which I didn't realize was back. But either way, uh, so Dynamite comes in third. That was the actually its lowest viewership since uh, December, since being back on TNT. So... That's not bad. Who was playing last night? Who was playing? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I watched the Nuggets and the Jazz, but that wasn't the game that was up against it. Uh, so either way, that was. Uh, so I'm curious about that. I want to see the quarters and how, in particular, how the uh, Punk match did because historically, AEW's longer matches have grown with viewers, uh, grown in viewership as they go on. I'm curious to see how this one did. Uh, quarters typically don't come out till later in the Thursday evening, but either way, that's where we're at. And uh, and Max says it was uh, the Knicks and the Grizzlies uh, on last night. So I don't know. Um, matchup, I suppose. Yeah, and then so either way, folks, thank you for joining us for this yeah. first edition of Day After Dynamite. Uh, we're gonna be doing this every week. I will warn that I'm actually going to be in Los Angeles two weeks from tonight, so or from today, so uh, probably won't be doing uh, this episode. Uh, I won't be doing the show. Um, on You're going to go meet the, the money man, huh? <laughs> you don't even know who I'm talking about, man. Come on. You don't even know who I'm talking about. Who am I talking about right now? Who's the money man? Shane McMahon. God damn it. You knew it. You knew it. <laughs> All right, well, there's the surprise, hey, folks. Hey, though, um, if you want more of Theron Reynolds, one of my favorite dudes in the world, one of my favorite men to podcast with, because here's the thing. For those who don't know this, he and Take I did back. a show together. Uh, oh, my God. 10 years? 14, year, 14, 14 years ago. 14 Jeez. years ago was when Now Playing Now first started. Uh, we did the show a few years, but we used to host a movie review show 14 years ago called Now Playing Now, and we did it every week, every Monday. We reviewed movies. I saw more movies throughout those years. And, like, there are certain movies where sometimes they'll just be channel surfing, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this was some bullshit I saw for Now Playing Now when we reviewed movies. Because <laughs> we sometimes we – because Well, because a lot of times we just saw shit that, like, didn't matter, and uh, it was just gone, and nobody would talk about ever again. But, like, you'll see that movie on uh, – on like FX randomly, and you know, or, not, no, sorry, about? FX would be top tier, right? No, actually, I'll see it on just like TNT. No, not even TNT. TNT plays like top tier shit. I'm talking about like Lifetime or something. I'll just be scrolling, and I'm like, oh yeah, here's some bullshit that I have seen before, and I forgot was even a thing. But what movie could I possibly be talking about? I, I'm thinking it's Salt because I think of the damn show salt? every single time that Salt comes Salt up. is one of them. Um, 
But like there were, we saw a lot of horror films. And by the way, I'm going someplace with this. This is turning into a plug. So just bear with me. But we saw a lot of horror films, and like like Carriers is not a movie I've seen in like 15 years, right, or 14 years, whenever that movie came out. God, we did talk Carriers. Good carriers Lord. and uh, uh, the Crazies. Like there were like <laughs> movies like those that we had seen back then. That like sometimes from man T Timothy Oliphants, who was yeah. uh, in the new in the new Boba Fence as well. We uh -huh. got to add S's to everything there now. Yeah, that's why black people. Uh, we had S's to the end of There you go. Yep. Yep. Um, that, that's why we we buy Kroger's brand. Um, but anyway, so that said, uh, I don't really talk movies much anymore. I can, but you're mostly just going to get me to talk about like blockbusters and shit. Cause that's all I see these days. Um, but on the other hand, Theron Reynolds is still talking movies specifically, man. Hold on. Let me, what's your t-shirt say there? That's a, it's a scary oh. T watches a scary movie. That's right. Yes, Saren actually hosts a podcast currently called T watches a scary movie. Yeah. Um, like everybody did during the pandemic, there was nothing to fucking do but watch <laughs> movies and play video games. And occasionally for a little bit of time, y'all enjoyed hearing me talk and uh, seeing my face and everything as evidenced by our NPN uh, flashback today. Apparently uh, some of y'all enjoyed hearing us talk about movies. <laughs> yeah, and, I know, uh, right? Shout out to Killer Kate, by the way. What's up? Is that shout out to Killer Kate, by the way? Who? Uh, yeah. Man, that uh, was that hit me with the movie watchers watch watch the movies. <laughs> oh my god, that Dara, love you, man. You're not dead. At least I'm not even dead. dead. <laughs> We're gonna pour a forty for Dara wherever he is. Alive. Wherever he is, like my man, love you. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I started the little podcast talking horror movies because that's what I love, man. I absolutely love mm -hmm. scary movies. And if there's one thing that did extremely well during the pandemic that we can't say about uh, a certain company's professional wrestling is that horror movies absolutely fucking killed it during uh, during the pandemic. We had so many great horror movies come out and I had to start a show about it. And for some crazy God knows what reason I've been doing it for a year and a half now and I've had some fun guests on the show. It's actually been a hell of a lot of you fun. You have had some really cool guests. Yeah, I had uh, Alex Vincent from uh, Child's Play and the new series Chucky on the show like, a couple months back. And one of my favorite movies of 2020, Hunter Hunter with Devin Sawa and uh, Camille Sullivan in it that has the most absolute batshit insane ending uh, that I've seen in a long time in a horror movie. I had the director and writer of that uh, on the show as well, too. And then in a wrestling plug, uh, I have the writer and director of Santa Slay starring Bill Goldberg on my show as well, too, which is just so much fucking fun synergy there. But uh, I have to tell you, by the way, um, <laughs> thinking about because yesterday um, the uh, the head of CNN, Jeff Zucker, resigned. And every yeah. time I hear that name, I think Dick Zucker, the character from, uh, <laughs> from uh, Santa Slay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh my God, man! The fact that Goldberg spears fucking Saul Rubinek through a deli counter in that movie is so awesome. It like it's that movie is so fantastic. Do not go and expect anything serious out of it. It is the no, most not fun. at all. It's so stupid, but it's great. But yeah, I host the show called T Watch the Scary Movie. We're on YouTube. We're on Podbean. We're on a. Uh, Joe Rogan's platform, so you can find us on uh, you know, any of those, any of those platforms there now. Uh, 
definitely check it out. Uh, we just got done talking Orphan and The Strangers this past week, and we're going to talk both my bloody Valentine movies this week coming up. And, uh, yeah, we're going to talk new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that comes out on the 18th, uh, literally in two weeks here. We're going to talk that in a couple of weeks as well, too. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Definitely come check it out. I have great opinions on horror movies, supposedly. We're talking Scream 6 a lot right now, so there you go. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you can follow Mr. Theron Reynolds uh, at Axdo, which I have to say, I've known this man 20 years. I have no idea what that fucking means. Uh, All right. <laughs> I'm going to explain it really, really quickly here. Uh <laughs> So, back in the day when we were all making AOL screen names and MSN screen names, rest in peace, um, we were making screen names back in the day for everything, including Yahoo and stuff like that. Uh, I commonly went with things like Hurricane 2002, because... I remember Hurricane DX 2002. Yeah, that was you. (laughs) That lets you know. I was big on DX. I was big on the Hurricane, like Shawn Michaels, Scott Hall. That's where all my screen names were going, and everything was taken. And one day after trying anything with Theron, somebody fucking had my name, which I don't get how that works out. I have the like most strangest name in the world there. So I said, fuck this. I'm going to beat the system and type a bunch of letters out. And out came <laughs> Axe Do. And God damn it, that was available. And God I thought that was a deeper meaning than thing. I, I literally was a deeper... my hands on the computer and got the combination of A-X-D-E-W. And that shit has been on everything for the last i I know you've had this username forever and i thought there was like a deeper meaning to it i don't have an uncle that i called axe do back in the day uh i wasn't called andrew because you know i get it my name's theron so of course i'm black you think he could be andrew somehow i don't fucking get that but like i like there was a bunch of things i could have gone with axe do work uh, it's the bane of my existence playing shit online at all because anytime I play anything over the headset, yeah, man, Andrew, you got to go here. Andrew killed it. Motherfucker, there is no N in that screen name at all. Where are you getting Andrew from? My name is Theron, sir. And my oh, screen man. Name is yeah, somebody noticed on the keyboard. It's all on the uh, left hand. It's all like you literally could just, it's just AXDEW. I never knew that. I thought there was real meaning. behind acts do that fucking rule (laughs) which is it's bad to point that out because now when y'all end up like on all those like you know places on the internet you don't want folks knowing that you're going to and shit like that if you see an axe do there it's probably me and that's probably not good to give that shit up because y'all gonna start looking for things there Mm -mm, don't do it don't do it oh axe do so anyway Please don't look on Pornhub for Axe Do. Please don't do that. That's a bad idea. Oh, my God. I had my man's Twitter handle is Axe Do. And that is the best story I've ever heard. There it is, y'all. Now you know the secrets and shit now. Mm -mm. Uh, I have. That's amazing. That is the best way to end this. Thank you for being with us, everybody in the chat. Uh, Leave us a thumbs up. Uh, cause I want to keep doing this show. I've had fun. Thank you for being a part. And don't forget to check out Grapsity this Saturday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. We are going to be found at youtube.com slash fightful. Uh, and we'll be back or I'll be back. Uh, and I will try to get there in here as often as possible. Otherwise folks, we'll see you next time. Have a great afternoon, evening, peace.